So first of all, if you look in your bulletin, it says Jasmine. I'm actually Chloe. <laughs> so hi, I'm Chloe. I'm from the Victorville Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, before I get into my testimony, I think you guys should know a little bit about me because I don't know anything about you and you probably don't know anything about me. So I wasn't up here with the band, but I'm a singer. I've been singing since I was like about that tall, if I was ever that tall. Um, I love music, love, 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 love music. Um, anyone who knows me knows I really love Disneyland. And I really love Disney movies. That's kind of just me, though. I'm, yeah, Lion King all the way. Woo. Um, I like drawing a lot, just painting, sketching out stuff. Um, oh, something that my parents explained me as, I am a 60-year-old in a 16-year-old's body. I love to crochet. I love to read. <laughs> Everyone's all like, hey, you want to go to a party? And I'm like, no, I got a book to read. Yeah. <laughs> um, finally, the last thing you really should know about me, I was diagnosed my freshman year with Crohn's disease. Yeah. So I found out about late 2011, early 2012. That was a great way to start off my year. The year before, I was in eighth grade. I was already dealing with a lot of drama that year as it was. I went to a new school. I was in a relationship. People didn't like me. They thought because of the school I went to, I was quote unquote ghetto. Um, I'm not, I promise. But a lot of people just, I was called really bad names. But around the end of the year, I was like getting excited for summer. I was like, yay, I'm finally getting out of the school. Until I got my braces on. And around that time, within a month, I started not feeling well. In a month, I lost 20 to 30 pounds. And we kind of figured, yeah, that's not actually supposed to happen. I shouldn't be eating all the time, but somehow losing everything I eat. Um, but I was like, you know whatever, maybe it's just I'm going through the motions, I'm just turning 16. I don't know. So that summer I took a lot of trips, I was traveling around a lot, but I wasn't feeling any better. I would wake up every morning and I would automatically feel sick to my stomach. I, I had no idea what was going on. It was kind of just like, okay, I'm feeling sick all the time. Okay, but I didn't let me let it get me down. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna wake up in the morning. I'm gonna smile, and everything's gonna be a okay. Yeah, no. Um, I started out freshman year pretty well, besides being sick all the time. Um, I guess it's high school. You can only start it out so well, if any of you know what I mean. Yep. See. Um. And it got worse. I literally was waking up in the morning and I was telling my mom, Mom, I can't go to school. I don't feel good. I felt like I was going to throw up all the time. So he finally, finally brought me to some doctors, but the doctors couldn't figure it out. I was, oh, that's a pen. I was going to the doctor's office at least once every two weeks. 
I saw almost every doctor I can think of off the top of my head, but I don't know fancy doctor names, so I can't tell you. Um, for about three months straight, I was going, going in for blood tests every week, taking out a nice, big, huge pinch of my blood, and I was very tired. And nothing was going right, and then... About right before like Christmas time, my blood sugar started going out of whack, and my family's like, well, does she have diabetes or something? Because I'd wake up in the morning, and all of a sudden, we'd look at my blood sugar, and I was in the um, low 60s, low 50s, and I was like, uh, that's, I'm all shaky, I'm freaking out, I don't want to eat, and my mom's like, no, you're eating, you were eating sugar like now. So I guess I was good. I got a lot of chocolate out of that. Um, we finally went to one of my little sister's doctor because my little sister has Rett's syndrome. And they were like, well, we're going to do some tests. I'm like, okay, I can, I can do tests. I've been doing tests for several months now. And they're all like, we're going to have to have you do an endoscopy. And I'm like, all right. And they're all like, oh, and by the way, you're going to have an endoscopy and a colonoscopy going on at the same time. That sucks when you're 16 years old and you have to go to a doctor and they tell you that. And then they explain to you what it is. <sighs> and then they explain to me what I had to do before that. I couldn't eat for almost two days straight. And I was already losing weight and I'm like, really, I had to live on Gatorade and apple juice for two days straight. Okay, so the day of that, I went to Loma Linda, and I went to the Children's Center, because I'm still a kid, woo, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this is cool, then they're like, okay, we got to put the IV in you, and I kid you not, I acted like a five-year-old about it, because I hate needles, and I hate needles and looking at them and seeing them in my body. <laughs> And I will spare you the details of what I said before I was out because, yeah, I heard about it later and I was like, oh, I actually said that, cool. Okay, so we got out of it and I went home, felt terrible because I'm like, okay, all I want to do is eat and everyone's like, no, you can't eat. <sighs> Seriously, I'm just going to say this now, you have no idea how hungry I've been all the time because of that, all the time. I do not take eating lightly. Never mind. Uh, later on, they still didn't find anything. They thought they saw, like, some things going on, but they're like, oh, it's, it's nothing. We're all like, all right, it's, it's nothing. And then they're like, okay, we're going to do this camera test. And I'm like, oh, what's that? I had to swallow a pill about that big, and it has a little camera in it. If any of you have done this, they hook up a bunch of wires to you, and you've got to walk around in public with that. And I walked around Ontario Mills with a bunch of wires hooked up to me, and I got some pretty weird looks. It was awesome. And then we got back, and about two weeks later, they went through the pictures. And this camera is amazing. I, I love doctors. This camera, a second, took 100 pictures a second. And I had that thing on for six hours. That's six hours worth of pictures a second. Yeah. And about two weeks later, they called me in, and they're like, so we found something down in your intestines. And I'm like, 
okay, what is it? They're all like, we found these little bumps. And I'm like, what does that mean? They're all like, we found extremely, extremely, extremely early signs of Crohn's disease. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? I'm like sitting there, I'm trying not to cry because I had no idea what was wrong with me. And I was finally finding out what was wrong with me. And they're like, it means your intestines will inflame. And it gets to a point where I could throw up everything I eat. And I'd lose a lot more weight than I'd already lost. At that point, I was rounding out about 106 pounds. And for a while, I was called bulimic and anorexic. It was... (laughs) I'm only laughing about this now just because I'm thinking of the stories and everything, and it's like, that was so hard. And I'm trying not to cry right now, too. But the entire time, I was kind of like, why is God putting me through this? I had, I didn't know I deserved this. I was like, I just got baptized around the time that I started feeling bad. I was like, really? I just told you I'm a Christian? I'm going to do your work, and then this gets thrown onto my plate. Okay. So, what I like to call the period after I found out I had Crohn's disease up until last summer, I was emotionally distraught. I would wake up every morning, still feel bad because we didn't know what medications to put me on, and I was like, I don't want to get up this morning. I would be upset all day long. It didn't matter who I talked to. I was just, I was upset all the time. And it took a point where my mom had to come up to me and she's like, Chloe, you can't wake up every morning and just give up. It's not like it was getting to the point where I'm like, oh, I don't want to live anymore. It was just, I was stressed out with school and then there was this and I felt bad all the time. And she was like, you just, you need to slow down a little bit and just take it step by step. And I'm like, okay. So thank goodness for best friends and my boyfriend (laughs) and my family and God, because they went through so much with me from just, I'd be happy one minute and then I'd be extremely upset and yelling at everyone. And they went through so much for me. I wish they were here now to hear that, but I want you guys to turn to Psalms 147.3 for me. Say amen if you have it. guys are all finding it before me. <laughs> um, Psalms 147.3. You guys got in the middle? Or are you still looking up on your iPhones? Or Okay. Um, Psalms 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the numbers of the stars and calls them each by name. I cannot tell you how much I prayed in my entire life, but I can tell you probably the equivalent of how much I prayed during that time. 
and it was a lot. Like almost every second of every day, I was like, please, can we figure out something to make me feel better? It hurts. It really does, waking up every morning and just being in pain all the time, having to check my blood sugar all the time, having not to be able to do anything. Because on top of having Crohn's disease, I acquired asthma at the same time. So I couldn't do any sports for a while. I had to quit some things. And finally, my doctor came up to me. They're all like, your Crohn's is in a special area. It's lower than where it normally is. And I'm like, well, that sucks, because then none of the meds they have works for me. And they're all like, well, there's one. It has only been tested several times, but we're going to give it to you because it's made for people like you that only happen in that area. And I'm like, okay. So I started taking that about once a day, then twice a day, three times a day. I take at least eight of those little blue pills every day. But you know what? Thank goodness for medicine, because I'm standing here, I weigh 129, and I feel so much better than I did about a year ago. And thank goodness for my church family, because when I started feeling bad, I started going to youth again. Maybe that was God's plan. He gave me this so I could just start going to youth and learning about God more than I already was. If it was, you sure know how to throw a party up there. But he got me closer to my family, to my friends, and made me realize who was going to be there for me and who wasn't. I had a lot of friends for a while, and now I have two really, really good friends. I have my youth group, I have my family, I have my youth pastors, I have my pastors. But you know, he brought me through this. That way I could see how much tolerance I could have in this kind of stuff. He taught me patience. He taught me how I should be secure with myself no matter how much I weigh, no matter how much I look at myself in the mirror every morning and just like, wow, you are such a twig. He taught me that it doesn't matter what I look like, what I think of myself. It matters what I can do for him first. I have one more for you, and that's Psalms 52. And again, amen if you have it. At least I think that's it. From Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. It doesn't matter what we look like. It doesn't matter what we've gone through. None of that matters except for what we can do for God and what our story can do for other people through him. Thank you guys for listening to me and letting me speak about my life. Thanks. My name is Alan, and you know I'm with the Victorville Church. I played guitar like 20 minutes ago. So um, let me uh, tell you guys something a little bit about me too. Um, about three years ago, uh, Pastor Milton uh, took a whole bunch of us. Uh, out onto a ski trip to Utah 
and you know that was that was pretty fun. Um, the thing is, you know, I grew up in SoCal my entire life, so I'd only seen snow about twice. So it was like a whole new thing for me. It was crazy. So you know, we get there and it's just absolutely freezing. You know, it's so just cold and barren, and I'm not used to that. So, you know, I decide, you know, to we go snowboarding the next day. So, you know, I, you know, mentally prepare myself. And my friends had the brilliant idea of, you know, them, they thought they were going to be able to teach me how to snowboard. So I'm just going to tell you all right now, that is the worst idea ever. Do not let your friends teach you how to do something like that. It's, it's ridiculous. But, you know, I thought it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean... You strap a board to your feet and you just literally fall down with style. I mean, it's it's not that big a deal. So, but, you know, whatever. So, I the thing is with snowboards, what you do is you hook up one foot to the board and, you know, you have to push off with the other to get onto the ski lift. Now, my friends didn't really tell me that, you know, just like on a skateboard, you can be right or left footed on the snowboard. So I just kind of winged it and just decided to do whichever one I thought was best, which was a pretty bad idea in hindsight. So I sort of nudged myself over to the ski lift and I made the mistake that everybody kind of does. And I looked down when I was on the ski lift. And that was in retrospect, probably like the worst idea. I just looked 30 feet down and it was just like, it was just like people and oh it was ridiculous all the snow and i was just petrified it was it was scary so as soon as i start hitting you know the ridge whatever i see that it's going to be my turn to sort of get off and what you have to do is you have to sort of point your snowboard straight and sort of like push yourself off that way you can get momentum and you know go over to the little area where you can strap on your other foot and then you can just um, basically snowboard down. Um, yeah, this part was really bad. It ha this next part happens about in the span of 12 seconds, but it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. So here it goes. I put my foot out that was strapped onto the board straight toward the exit, just like my friends had told me. And, you know, it immediately just starts digging into the snow. So... You know, uh, this was pretty bad, but I thought, okay, maybe it's supposed to do that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. So I start trying to push off, you know, from the lift, but it just sort of like turns and it just digs up even more snow onto it until literally I just fall flat on my face and the lift comes back around me and just hits me like in the back of the head. So... Yeah, the, the ski lift operator was like, what are you doing? What, what's going on? So he just has to stop it, and I have to sort of, like, crawl out of there in, like, the most awkward manner ever with, like, a snowboard attached to my foot. So, yeah, that was really weird. My friends, I like to think that they were laughing with me, but I don't know. I'm going to have to ask them about that later. But, yeah. Anyways, so... I start, I go over to where my friends are and I strap on my other foot and they're all trying to give me pointers about what to do and none of them have anything to do with each other. They're just like, okay, keep your hands out and, you know, keep your balance like this and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I didn't really listen because I thought I had this in the bag. I thought I could do this. So I finally get up and, you know, 
they, they all start going down, you know, softly, gracefully, gently, you know, just turning. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't look so bad. So I get up and I look at the hill. And for about two seconds as I start going, I'm like, this isn't so bad. I mean, people make it out to be like, it's the worst thing ever. But, you know, those two seconds were just filled with ignorant bliss. I mean, it was just like, I, I was, you know, it was awesome. After that, it pretty much went downhill from there, literally. I mean, it was, oh man, yeah, that was a pun intended. I began to go faster and faster and faster. And one thing that I noticed was that my friends here didn't teach me how to stop. So I'm on this slope and there's, you know, 40 people, you know, in front of me and the ski lift poles and all, all these things where the snow isn't packed so hard. So they have like fences and stuff like that. So... You know, at this point, I really start to panic. And I figure, okay, uh, what did they tell me about how to turn? So I just sort of start turning away, but my snow keeps on, the snow keeps on getting onto my board. So I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that. So I just start veering off onto like one side and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I uh, start heading over for the tree line, which th th there's a ton of trees just everywhere onto the side. And that's when I realized, okay, I got to, you know, fall right now. Otherwise, I'm going to break something. But I kind of didn't want to do that because then I might actually break something. <laughs> so I just decided to keep going. You know, I mean, how hard could it be? So I started going and somehow I just veered off and started missing a whole bunch of random people and I was just screaming like a girl at this point and my friends were way up at the top of the hill going what are you doing you know and they just they're like what what's going on so I start heading for the tree line and the snow over there isn't as packed because people don't go on it. So it's freshly, you know, fallen snow. So it's, you know, really powdered and you can just sink your foot into it. So what I do is, you know, I start heading in there and somehow I, you know, dodge every tree, whatever, and manage to just, you know, slow down and fall face first into the freshly packed snow which was, you know, amazing because I look back and, you know, there were so many trees and people that I could have hit. And my friends were just yelling, Alan, what are you doing? So, you know, when I look back at that, you know, oh, wait, what happened? Oh, no. Okay, you know what? Whatever. Okay, so I fell onto the, it was basically, you know, like a cold cloud. And, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, looking back on it, that there's no way that I could have done that alone. I mean, I was, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. And I, I had to realize, you know, sooner or later that it was God that basically led me through there without, you know, managing to break anything. It was it was amazing. You know, most of the time we're speeding through life and we have no idea what we're doing. Our friends are, you know, giving us advice and they're telling us to do one thing, but we just decide, you know, we can do it. But somehow God veers us off, it, you know, from the obstacles in our path and, you know, he lets us fall on the freshly packed snow so that we can, you know, get there unscathed and he can sort of just you know, guide us to where he wants us to go. That way we don't end up hurt. And that's just amazing. Well, the thing is, 
that snow with the snowboard attached to my feet, I couldn't really get out of there because I would try to get up and the snow was just, it wasn't compact, so I would just sink back in. So I had to spend like 20 minutes trying to like swim out of there and snow, and that, that's not real. it's much colder than it sounds, it's crazy. But, you know, that one thing actually led me to believe, you know, that God is really always there for us, even when we're not expecting him. Even in the little things like that, he just always sort of guides us to where he wants us to go, and he wants to, you know, protect us from everything, and he does that in such a way where, you know, we don't end up hurt. All we need to do is let him. And I want to thank you guys for listening to my weird story. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, my name is Chanel, and I just want to take a moment to thank you guys for welcoming us into your church. It has been such a blessing and a joy worshiping our Savior together. Today's scripture reading came from Matthew 11. Here, Jesus offers an invitation for us to surrender our burdens and find rest in him. And from these verses, Jesus acknowledges that life isn't easy. He calls for people who are weary, people who are physically and mentally exhausted by hard work, exertion, or strain. And he invites us to lay down our burdens, burdens that keep us up at night and are too difficult to handle on our own. And most often, these difficulties come without warning. Um, Alan just shared about how he wasn't expecting his experience of losing control on the mountain. And Chloe just shared about how, um, shared about working through her unexpected diagnosis of Crohn's. And when an unexpected difficulty comes our way, it can be really hard to see God's sovereignty. But out of his love, out of God's love, he assures us that we are not alone. He can provide relief, safety, and comfort to us. And the only thing we need to do is surrender to him. But you all know that surrendering is easier said than done. And so as the band comes up to play the closing song, I encourage you all to think about the things that are keeping you from surrendering to God. Sometimes our pride can get in the way of acknowledging that we can't do life on our own. And the fear of being vulnerable can keep us from giving up control over life. But once we give him that control, once we let go, He can take our weary, broken lives and make us new. The song that we're going to sing is called um, Arms Open Wide.